0: Welcome to episode 17 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. It's Anth bringing you guys in today, and I am joined, of course, by my trusty
1: sidekick. <laughs> sidekick? Yeah. You're Batman, I'm Robin? Yeah, that's right. Screw that crap. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, We're Bert and Ernie. That's Mike, guys. What's up, Mike? We're Bert and Ernie. No. Maybe Burton, Ernie's not a good one, but we're even. We're on the same yeah, level here. Okay,
0: fine. That's fair. Like Sonic and Tails. I'll, I'm Sonic. No, Sonic, Sonic
1: is, the, Sonic <laughs> is the, the main one there.
0: We got to think of a good one then. Uh, I was joking, by the way. I, I know I'm not Batman.
1: <laughs> I'm Batman. We're, um... We're McDavid and Drysdale. Still not... <laughs> not on the same levels, still. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um...
0: Taves and Kane, still not. Mm, Taves and Kane back in the day. Taves and Kane back in the day, it was like, you know, you would have for sure half the people wanting to be one guy, half the people wanted to be the other. You know, there's the guy with the slick hands dangling, and then there's the leader just scoring big goals and clutch moments. Remember? I remember there was – I can't remember the series, honestly, but I remember there was a goal Taves scored – I think they were shorthanded, and they need they were down a goal late in the third, shorthanded, and he just willed the puck into the net. It was like the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a good one. Taze and Kane, well, from back in the day, even now, Taze isn't having a bad year.
0: No, no, he's still a great player. I mean, I mean, right. surefire Hall of Famer. Taze and Kane, it is all right. Taves and Kane, bringing you episode seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, news from the week. Let's start with our fantasy players of the night over the past week. We had Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, Braden Point, Austin Matthews, Tony D'Angelo, and then the Carolina tandem, Peter Mrazic, and James Reimer. There's a lot to get into with, with all these guys uh, from just from the past oh, yeah. week. And where do you want to start there, bud?
1: It's not delivery. It's D'Angelo. This guy has just catapulted onto the fantasy radar of everybody, as he should. That was a monster game. He looked so good, and he is the guy on that range of power play, and he should be seriously considered as one of your top defensemen in fantasy, like He's an animal. This guy's an animal, and you know what? He bounced around the league for a bit, and uh, I think he's finally found a home here with the Rangers. Yeah. So d- drafted
0: by Tampa, and then he went to Arizona, and out of the Rangers, he he looks so good. Just watching that game, man. It's he gets the puck there at the point. He can sift by guys, head up, and he just he found the corners. It was, it was something to watch. And apparently, he's like beloved by his teammates. And,
1: man, stud. Stud tone. 36 uh-huh. points in 44 games for Tony D. Those New Yorkers must be loving their Italian boy, Tony D. Oh, look at me. I'm Tony D. Actually, my buddy, Spencer, you guys, I've mentioned him on the pod before, but he showed me some hilarious tweets from the week from people. Because uh, DeAngelo was Torch in Jersey, right? And they, they were, um, were they in Jersey? Got to check that. It was... Um, Somebody, somebody wrote, "Look, if I wanted to watch a Guido embarrass New Jersey, I'd watch 2010 MTV programming." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny, that's good. But yeah, Tony D ran a muck on New Jersey, and uh, that was awesome. He, uh, I'm good. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah, and he, you know something about a defenseman that can put the puck in the net score from the points with a nice wrister. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah,
0: yeah. Love Tony D. Yeah. And the Carolina tandem. So Carolina, right now, they got big performances out of Mrazik and then Reimer on back-to-back nights. They are currently four points up on on Philly for uh, the first wild card, and they're only a few points behind Pittsburgh. They got Justin Williams coming back.
1: Canes, Mike. What do you think? The Canes are a sick team. You know they they have a young core that's all like producing, and then like the guys who are like coming up, like your Neckass, um, Halla's still young. Neches. The Netchus You're right. Yeah, that's how, that's, how, they're that's how they're saying it. it. Um, yeah, he scored a sick goal this year. That wrap around. Like, yeah. That. Oh, yeah, just dirty, smooth. Dirty. Smooth. That guy's a player, and. Um, he is going to, from a fantasy perspective, become more known as this year goes on and going into next year. He's a good, good player. But yeah, that core is young, and their players are they're coming in, are good. And their goaltending, which was like kind of the question mark coming in. We know their D are good. That was the question. It was the goaltending. And Mrazic and Reimer have been sick. Yeah. So, no, they're good and with um, this will come up a little bit later. But with uh, their prospect goalie coming in, Nedelkovic or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. in a couple of years, like he could be in a great spot because that core so young. And if Mrazek and Reimer decide, you know, to to not play so well, and like next year they got him coming in, who could be coming into a great situation. So, what do you think?
0: Yeah, we'll get to Nedelkovic later when we answer uh, that question. But, uh, yeah, with, with when it comes to the, the Canes tandem, I like them going forward. I like the Canes to get in just because I like the team. And, yeah, those two have got the job done.
1: Hey, does Justin Williams, like, do anything for you as a fantasy player?
0: Yeah, I, I do like him a little bit. I mean, he's more of a, a depth league sort of guy now to maybe round out your wingers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll contribute. He is basically the captain. I don't know if – is he the – who has the C right now? Did they give it to anyone? uh jordan stall i think has it. yes don't? yes stall does so williams is going to be coming in there he's not going to have the c but he's basically the captain and you know it's hard to say coming back to the team mid-season like this if you know they're going to trust him giving big minutes um like right off the hop i don't really see it but he could still he can still contribute and he i mean he's going to get power play time eventually if not at first right
1: yeah like i I don't know, I, I feel like they don't really owe him anything, like, they got him for a playoff run at the end of the day, and they need him in that locker room during the playoffs, like, I don't think he's going to get on the top power play, that's pretty, like, set in stone, and is good, who would be, like, the fifth guy on that power play, and he produces when he's on it, yeah. so, I don't know, I'm not crazy about Williams, I, like, he, I think he practiced with the team, but, like, Brindamore said, he's still a ways away, so... For one, like if you're gonna pick him up, you're gonna be holding on to him for a while. So I don't know, I he does really does nothing for me, even though he had his 53 points last year. Like, I don't see him producing at that pace at all.
0: Yeah, throw a number on it. Let's say he plays the last 30 games of the season. How many points? 13. That's exactly the number I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, so don't go nuts picking him up. Let's we have Evander Kane here as well. Kane, another one of those guys, Mike who is ranked very high in bangers leagues because of the amount that he hits and he shoots a ton, which all leagues will have shots. They should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Evander Kane, like you said, does everything. And, um, he started the year on fire after those th- first three games that he missed, but yeah, he's cooled down, I guess, kind of since then, he's just been an average player, but 33 points in 44 games. Not too shabby, and with the Couture injury, he's going to be relied on for a little bit more offense. So, I, I, I'm a I'm a Kane fan for sure.
0: Yeah, but not a Sharks fan. I'm guessing like th- it's just not their year. No,
1: it's not. That's not. As I will say, I said at the beginning of the year, the Sharks would be trash. But <laughs> crazy comeback to last. I think it was last week.
0: With they were up four two, and in the last minute of play, had already scored an empty netter, and then the Caps. Score two with the goalie pulled, then go win it in overtime. It's just been that kind of year for the Sharks.
1: Yeah, but lately, actually, Arendelle's been actually stopping the puck, so that's a decent sign for them. Yeah, Arendelle. Arendelle. Uh, that's a um, Frozen reference for anybody who didn't catch that. They <laughs> got little nephews. Um,
0: we. We have little nephews. Yes. Uh, and then...
1: McDavid, what a sick goal by McDavid! Oh, poor Morgan Riley. That's gonna be seen forever and ever and ever. Yeah, he made Riley look stupid.
0: Just a yeah, just a sick goal by McDavid, and you know that felt good for him. Do scoring his first goal in his hometown like that—that that was that was pretty unreal. So you're you're gonna see that goal a lot over the rest of the season, and for sure beyond that. Will that be the best goal of the 2020 decade? No, there's been better goals this year. Really? I, sorry, not not 2020. I'm thinking of this season. Yeah, but no, there's there have been better goals this season. Like the Kachuk between the legs and the slot.
1: Oh yeah, I take that. That was insane.
0: Sonny Milano had a nice between the legs goals, but we've seen that from other players. Oh, you have Svech's lacrosse
1: goals, first time in the NHL. True. Like the creativity, how. <laughs> How creative these guys have gotten over the, like, the last 10 years. Could you imagine the next 10 years? What the heck are they going to do? How are they going to be scoring? Oh, backflips and stuff. Oh, yeah. Backflips because <laughs> we're playing <laughs> NHL hits. No, I know that's ridiculous. But, yeah, I
0: mean, McDavid's goal was insane, but you're also... I mean, if, if like,
1: Netchess did that, are people going as crazy? No, they're not. And We always say that, too. It's like... Anytime, like, there's a highlight of Crosby, oh, skate to stick and backhand, it's like, there's fourth liners that are doing that nowadays, and nobody even bats an eye.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. But that's not to take anything away from McDavid's goal, it was sick.
1: No, that was sick, and realistically, how many guys in the league can do that? Like, that's unreal.
0: Yeah, the way he was just looking off the whole time, just to make Riley think he wasn't going to hit the net. He was just going to pass it
1: off. Yeah, it was dirty. But you know what? If he was coming up against, like, I don't know if Chara's a good example, but a guy who would hit him, he would have had his block knocked right off. Maybe, maybe. His McDavid speed does force the defender to back
0: up pretty quickly. But, anyways.
1: If a defenseman stepped up on him, seeing that he was looking the other way, mind you, I mean, he. He knew exactly what was happening. In front yeah, of him. and he
0: knew exactly the distance he had between he and Riley. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, we had a serious debate that night though because Varley Varlamov had a shutout as well. I think it was a one nothing game too. That was a tough. We have some serious debates on
1: the fantasy players of the night sometimes. Well, yeah, especially when there's a goalie like a shutout in the mix because we have to be like, uh, you know what is yes, yeah, like, what's Yes, yeah. What's more?
0: Than... Yeah, what's like more valuable? But, I mean, I guess it was a pretty good call because shutouts are less valuable when there are a lot of shutouts in the week. And I think
1: we've had a lot. Like, we had another one last night yeah, with, with Vasilevsky. And... Two of them. Oh, three total last night between Reimer. This is Saturday night. Reimer, Vasilevsky, and Merzlikens had another one. So Oh, right. He did in the late game. Yeah, so yeah, the, the, uh, obviously it decreases the value because if you're in a head-to-head league, you're uh, if there's a lot of shutouts, you might be playing a guy who got a shutout too. So
0: yeah, that's right. So that all plays into it, guys. We get a lot
1: of angry notes for when your <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. your
0: player doesn't get it. Well, that's okay.
1: We'll do a fantasy player of the night winner at the end of the year. Whoever fantasy, gets the most
0: fantasy player of the year.
1: Yes, fantasy player of the year. You know what's cool? We we were we were bambying about this the other day is that Matthews this week, that was his first fantasy player of the night. And the guy's got 31 goals. So it's just very interesting to, to see that because it just shows how consistent he's been.
0: Yeah, it does speak to his consistency. Or maybe a little bit of bad luck because he has a two goal a night and someone else just... Like, if we had to rank the guys on each night, like the... what what What's the word? Like, the nominations, basically, for the Fantasy Player of the Night. Yeah. I, he's been in there.
1: Yeah, true. A lot. Plus, the thing is, the Leafs, a lot of time, will play on, like, your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Obviously, it's harder to get in on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, because you're dealing with more players, right?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, too. But yeah. it won't be the last we see if Matthew's there. 15 goals in his last 15 games. He is on fire.
1: Man, he's he's on a tear, and... He is just a joy to watch right now. Like, complete domination. Complete yeah, domination. Yeah. He, he goes out there and he can do anything he wants right now. It's unreal. It, it doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt having Marner on your wing helping you do that. But, man, he looks good. Yeah, and as good
0: as his career totals are, he's, he's hitting the next gear, right? Just like Eichel is. He's getting the ice time now under Keith, and he is looking like just an absolute force. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it too. He came in the other night with some speed, went between the legs, sort of like at one of the uh, the edge of the circles, and tried to go far side. Like it was well placed. It was a nice save,
1: but man, he he's gonna score
0: an insane goal one of these days.
1: Yeah, he might be the best pure like goal scorer in the league right now. Honestly, yeah, like, so, I know I know this race between him and Pasternak. Mind you, Pasternak is just on a tear too. Got 35 now, so Matthews is four behind him, and then behind Matthews is uh, I don't remember who it is, but it's at 27. So four goals separating the top three. I think it's Eichel. It might be Eichel, yeah, or but McKinnon. Like,
0: or McKinnon, one of those guys, right there.
1: Yeah, but like honestly, just w- watching all these guys, man. Ma- Matthews can score. Like, I feel like he's the best pure goal scorer. I, I still think that Pasternak is gonna win the rocket just because eh, I don't know like well, I, I he's just... got he's
0: got a bit of a cushion and it just seems like that's where I don't know it's it's tough to say though like like pasta's only three goals away from his career high right now and obviously fairly fairly early in his career but I think like if we if you had to say Ovi has to pass the torch down right now like I would say Matthews is the best guy to give it to
1: yeah, I think Matthews is the best pure goal scorer. Like, the thing with Matthews and, and like watching, comparing him with Pasternak, they still play different games. And uh, like, Lee fans would hope that Matthews adds that other element to his game because he's so big and he could be even more dominant, like from a physical standpoint rather than just from a skill standpoint. So that's where you see the difference between him and Pasternak. Pasternak will get into the dirty areas, he'll throw his body around a bit. And yeah, he plays
0: a chippier game, for sure. Yeah,
1: so, like, as far as, like, entertaining, entertainment value, it's it's more entertaining watching Matthews, I'll say, but, you know, Pasternak gets it done in in different ways, and he has a different element to his game that, you know, you just wish that Matthews had.
0: Yeah. I, do you say right now, Mike, that, like, it's it's been said for years, like, when is Ovi gonna, not slow down, but... When is someone gonna sort of take take that crown from him? Do you think this is the year that someone else takes the goal scoring crown?
1: Wow! Well, or is I, it too soon? I still think it's too soon. And you know, like Brian was saying on the on the award show last week, it's like Ovi's my guy until proven otherwise, which is a complete like legit take because he's just done it so consistently. Like even if someone else wins the Rocket this year. You still gotta give Ovi the respect To come back next year Because that's just what he does Like until we see like Maybe like Pasternak Matthew Someone else It's gotta be like Two, three years in a row Where you're like Okay like Ovi He's not gonna do this anymore And that's where like That goal scoring torch Is kind of passed on To someone else Yeah Yeah But I don't know Like are we gonna see Somebody go on a run Like Ovi has Where it's like Five of the last six Like I don't know I don't know if we're gonna see that Again for a while
0: yeah, Ovi does that and I don't I'm not going to say that he's not going to do it again very soon. Like just one of those seven goals in three game runs.
1: Oh, it's going to happen. Which
0: he does. Yeah, and then he'll be right back in the mix. But yeah, we're like let's just say he finishes the season with 45 and then Pasternak is up there at like 58. You're going to have people who who say, "Well, oh, that's it. Like a, a new goal-scoring king is in town." sort of thing. But no, I, I agree with you. I I don't think I think it's too soon to say that. Yep. it's got to happen over the course of like two three years. He's just been that good for that long. Braden Point, Mike, he had a big one goal three assist night. Well, the, the Lightning had a big night nine two win on Tuesday over the Canucks. Yeah, must have been tough to watch as a Canucks fan.
1: Oof, I'm sure it was.
0: The Lightning are they're they're going.
1: Yeah, they are in hardo mode right now. Ten? Ten in a row. Oh yeah, they have just popped the Viagra. And they're just steamrolling teams. Um, this, they're they're done effing around. This is it. Like yeah. they'll yeah. be ba- they'll be past Boston before you know it. You think so, eh? So yeah,
0: <laughs> which would set the hockey world up with another installment of Boston-Toronto.
1: Oh man, just, that's just... well.
0: Well, let me not count the Panthers out because the Panthers are right there, looking at the Leafs, and mm-hmm. they actually have a big game tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah we can't is... count the Panthers out, but, man, we might be tracking towards another leafs Bruins installment. Yeah, honestly, I, kinda... I want to see something else. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. The Lightning, they are, they are for real now. You said it. They're done screwing around. Ten wins in a row. Vasilevsky, who a lot of us picked to have a second-half turnaround, looks like he's doing it. A couple shutouts recently.
1: Whew, they look good. Yeah, scary time to uh, be playing Tampa if you're a fan of the opposing team. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, if you owned any Tampa players, just ride this because they they can get to 15 straight. Like, I don't know, they they're sick. They're, it's like it's almost like they realize that like the regular season doesn't mean much anymore, and they're like, okay, it's time. Let's let's get on a roll here.
0: Yeah, they had a look at the standings one day and said, no, not good enough. and firing on all cylinders. But Anthony Sorelli, who 9-2, I'm like, where is Sorelli? What is he doing? I
1: have this guy in the Battle of the Bargains. 9-2, just ghost town. Yeah, not a good week for Anthony Sorelli. Still getting a lot of ice time, though. Yeah,
0: no, I like him. It's just one of those games. We've been part of those games, Mike, when we
1: play ourselves where the team is just scoring and it's like, where are our points? It's true. But, you know, once in a while the depth guys need to get involved That's our case when we play. but uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: You see Brian with two assists on the game sheet, and you're like, okay, it's one of those weird nights. Yeah, one of those.
1: (laughs) He's going to love that. (laughs) No, but um, they reunited the, the Cooch Damkos point line, and they're rolling. So good for Lightning fans and owners of those players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's get to some more news and notes from the past week. In Nashville, we had Peter Laviolette fired, and John Hines took over as his replacement, Mike.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, small sample size already. I mean, Hines came in. It was the same day of, and uh, he came in, and the and the Preds lost. So I don't even think you can attribute anything to that game. Yeah, no,
0: that's still Laviolette's loss. It should yeah. be. Yeah,
1: so nothing there, but, like, I don't know. I, I really... I really don't have much of a take on this other than the top power play. They have Yossi, Johansson, Duchesne, Arvidsson, and Cali Yarncrock. I don't know what John Hines is doing because Forsberg, their top producing forward, the best forward on their team, best point per game, and you're putting him on the second power play. What are you doing? Put him on your top power play and get him going. Like well, I don't understand. I don't understand what they're doing there. I agree. I don't know why coaches ever
0: go and put one of their stars on the second unit away from the other stars and then think, yeah, you know, that'll that'll jumpstart the second unit and we'll get something going. Like, it never works. Honestly. That, you, like, no, that doesn't work. You're just burying that guy.
1: It's so stupid. He's the best forward on their team and he, he still has the most points of all the forwards even with the, the, the crappy position he's putting him in. Like, you got fired in New Jersey, and you go there and do something stupid like that? Like, put Forsberg on your top power play. <laughs> I'm getting worked up. I don't know why. I don't even own Forsberg.
0: No, it, it's uh, Jarncroft has not been bad. He's had a pretty good season. He's no, also been given the opportunity. It's
1: dumb. Like, put him there, and then watch your team win and your power play start going. What are you doing?
0: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. If I was an NHL head coach, there would be no doubt about it. I'm not. I'm not putting out two even power play units. Stack your stack your power play. Exactly. Just stack your power play. Yeah, like Pitt, Mike Sullivan and Pittsburgh's done it for years. You put Crosby, Malkin, Gensel. Hornqvist, like Latang, you throw all those guys together. You don't break them up. You throw them out together. You give them the first minute of every power play, if even, not more. Sometimes more. two minutes. Those, right? but you stay, let them. What I'm saying is, you let them start the power play.
1: Yeah, those Penguins, they stay on for a minute and a half, which like, they should. Exactly. Like Ovi plays all two minutes. Like coaches, I don't know. Like obviously, none of you are listening to this, but. Put your stars on. For, this isn't peewee. Everyone needs their ice time. Like, let's go here.
0: Yeah. Like, Ovi getting all two minutes of every power play. Or Ovi gets out there and the power play starts. And he says, I'll tell you guys when I want to come off.
1: And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Because he's your, he's your best player. He's got your biggest shot. That's how it should be. It's true. This isn't like the 60s, 70s where guys are hacking darts intermission and they can't do it. These guys are, like, in unreal shape. They can play freaking as much as you want them to play. Exactly.
0: Anyways, despite that, I still think Nashville could have a second half turnaround despite any questionable moves like the like the Forsberg one you know they change a lot they change the way the team practices and, and they deal with the guys differently it's a new voice in the room you know it, it changes the mindset of the players there's a lot of um, a lot of things that come with a coaching change so I could see Nashville Nashville was a lot of people's Stanley Cup pick coming into the season, they're a very good team, right? Just like St. Louis last year coming into the season, people were like, "I like this team. This is a good team. They can they can surprise." And then they went out and shit the bed, right? Obviously, Nashville isn't doing as bad as St. Louis was doing, but they're just a better team than we've seen. And a coaching change could still bring that out.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I was one of the people that had Nashville as my Stanley Cup winner, and I have to stick with it, so. I will say that I am very hopeful, and I do still believe deep down, even though I'm upset about this Forsberg decision, um, yeah. I do believe that they will have a better second half and and get it going here. But, yeah, it's they, just, I guess it's a feeling out thing with Hines. Yeah,
0: they got work to do. They're five points out of uh, the second wild card as we speak.
1: But that Rene goal, that was exciting. Yeah, Rene, Potts won. should it, it sparked a massive conversation in the – fantasy hockey community about goaltending points counting. Do you think they should count? Yeah, they should count.
0: Like, I don't know why all the, the the pool platforms, I guess you could say, don't count goalie points.
1: You know what? I think it's like an interface thing, honestly.
0: Well, I am pretty sure they could program it in.
1: Oh, they have to, like, add it in there. Well, yeah, you,
0: you add the stat underneath the goalie name. It, I mean, I guess it would look stupid when you look up a goalie stats, like on Yahoo, say... And you see, uh, game started, wins, losses, GAA, save percentage, and then GAP for goals, assists, points, or like.
1: Yeah. A, a, I mean, I mean you, that's
0: not to say they shouldn't do it. Like, well, why not? It's a nice
1: little bonus. I mean, it's true. It's twenty twenty. They can do anything. Realistically, it's very simple to do, but it's just a matter of like if you have that conversation about you know, goaltending, goals, assist points. You need to add in all the other player stats as well. Like, they could get a shorthanded point. They could get a power play point. They could get a penalty. So you'd have to add in that th- those as well. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good point. So it sparks a bigger convo. But, but do yeah, imagine picking
0: awesome. up. A, imagine picking up a nice shorthanded empty net assist from your goalie, kicking out a save to the blue line or something. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. You know what though? I, I honestly, they do this. It works differently in different buildings, which is something the NHL needs to sort out because it's the NHL. What, how
0: they award assists, you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's like if some some buildings, if a goalie makes a save off a pad, mm-hmm. kicks it out to the blue line, pa- guy passes it up, guy scores, empty netter. Some buildings will award the goalie the assist for that, and some won't. It's like in my mind, that's an assist. I know.
0: How many times have we seen it? Have we seen replays where we're like, oh, that's a, that's an assist for sure, right there? I got that guy. That's an assist.
1: 100%. And then they don't
0: award it. No, like NHL scorekeepers out there, the the guys who work for the NHL and and are in charge of awarding the goals and assists and stuff. If you're if you're listening, like we got coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coaches. Everyone's NHL listening, staff. like, yeah, we're, we're just trying to lecture here. But yeah, no, it's it's about possession. Like how many times have we seen a guy throw a pass like across the middle or something. It gets deflected. And then you know passes back to the point say and it's in the net and that original pass that gets deflected isn't awarded an assist and like it's it's frustrating when you own it's, that
1: guy exactly it's frustrating for fantasy sports like streamline that across the league and and have some system in place where it's like this is an assist this isn't and 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 be on with it like uh, yeah I don't know. About how shooting. about
0: the, how about the scorekeepers that award shots just like they're they're handing him out
1: oh man i think the carolina guy does that
0: yeah like flipped in from the opposing blue line that's the the goalie stops it with his stick and you see a shot change up on the scoreboard but you know what there's an argument there if it was going to go in
1: the net i think that's a shot
0: yeah that's fair but they don't but a lot of buildings don't award shots like that so yeah, they
1: need to sort it out.
0: Imagine think of how many times you might have been screwed in your fantasy. Like you lose by a couple saves or something like that or, or a little bit of save percentage. Oh and yeah. It, and it's because yeah, it's because the other guy had like four or five shots that just shouldn't have been awarded or your goalie should have been awarded them.
1: It's so true. It's like It's like even like hits and blocks who now a lot of leagues are incorporating hits and blocks. It's all subjective, yeah. If you rub a guy out along the boards like, is that a hit? Like some leagues, some uh, arenas will call that a hit, some won't. Another argument I always, I think I've asked you this before, but it's like if a defenseman is swearing up to a shooter and the guy shoots it and he gets a piece of his stick on it and it goes out of play, is that a block shot? Like you're saying, if he extends the stick into the guy's shooting lane, well, no, then I wouldn't call that a block shot. I don't think that's no, a block shot. No. But if it, the guy shoots it, so the puck's traveling. You're for saying a he bit. makes
0: he makes a blocking sort of stance.
1: Yeah, and it goes off his stick and out or something. I like, think
0: I think they'd award that, but again, subjective, right? Yeah, like
1: I don't know. Like they they gotta they gotta streamline that. Yeah, just have a big meeting, guys. Okay, moving along. Got to bring up Kovalchuk. He had four points in four games for Montreal this week. You guys know I picked him in Battle of the Bargains, so I, you know how I feel about him. But I just wanted to say, like, this guy still has game. I've been saying it since the season started. We actually had him as one of our bounce back candidates, and I know it, like it didn't it didn't start off off too well in LA because they just weren't giving him the ice time. Like I was watching him in LA, and I was like screaming at my TV again, where I'm like. Play this guy. Like, I understand L.A.'s in a position where they want to play their younger guys. And, like, I get it. I get it. But it's at the beginning of the season. You don't know what you are yet. Play your best players. Kovachuk still looked good. He started the season, he had, like, six points in seven games or something like that. I mean, correct, like, don't quote me on that. But it was still, he started off pretty good. And then, like, he didn't get the ice time. He didn't get the opportunity. And he didn't do so well. And then what happened there happened. And it's like, this guy still can play. Let him play. And that's why I like, commend Bergeron for doing what he did and picking him up. And, and we're just seeing. like The guy still has game in Montreal. He's playing well. And he's already up to 22% owned. So I'm a Kovalchuk fan. The guy could still play. He still looks good. And if he's available on your wire, you might want to consider him. Because he's getting a lot of opportunity in Montreal.
0: Yeah, he was never a good fit with L.A., just Even this season with L.A., 9 points in only 17 games. It's not like he was just shit in the bed.
1: No, it's not. And you know what? Th- that signing for L.A. was stupid when it happened. Like, dumb, dumb, dumb when it happened.
0: Yeah, but they're always
1: looking for scoring. Whatever. All right, another a few couple quick hits here. we got to talk about Cahoon on Pittsburgh, who has five points in his last two games. He's playing with Malkin. A good place to look for some short-term production... As long as he's staying with Gino, he's worth an ad, honestly. Even when Crosby come back, I'm sure the Lions will juggle a little bit. But Cahoon is worth owning right now. His ice time is is up there, which is good. And he's had a sneaky, like pretty good season. So there's Cahoon there. And then Kubelik for Chicago. He has 12 points in his last 12 games. Um, if you don't know his name, I don't blame you. He's uh, It's very under the radar. But yeah... Again, this is a short-term thing. I don't really believe in it myself. So uh, both those guys play four times this week. If you want to try to continue to ride the hot head and hope they keep it up, go for it. But um, I like Cahoon more than Kubelik myself.
0: Yeah, Kubelik's a nice little source of value now. He's only 9% owned, so he is available in your league unless it's super deep.
1: Yeah, and then another small little thing. Drake Batherson is up playing with the uh, Sens. He looks pretty good. He's getting uh, power play time on the top unit, getting ice time. He's got two points in four games. He led the AHL in scoring, so any time you can have a prospect that has clearly produced in the minors, he's he's worth an ad in deep leagues to see if he can kind of keep it up. So there's a little bit of a bargain for you there.
0: Yeah, and playing for the Sens might make him even more valuable because the Sens are obviously not going to make the playoffs, and they they might even tank a bit to try and get – Alexi Lafreniere, they're for sure gonna have a lottery pick. So that mean, I mean, given that they're gonna to want to get a look at their young players, and Batherson's one of them, so he he might get a serious look, and that should come with some points. Yep. Logan Couture, Mike, six weeks minimum. He is on the shelf. I said it's not. It has not been a good year for the Sharks. Just this, just another dagger.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. For Sharks, Couture was leading the team in points when he got hurt, which is surprising to me. Couture's not very flashy, but I guess he's in every situation to succeed, so he gets points. Yeah, they're going to need like your Timo Myers, your Kevin LeBanc, Evander Kane. You're going to need to step up in his absence, get some more points, but yeah, uh, not too much to say there.
0: Yeah, Uh, some other injuries. Jonas Donskoy has a concussion. Another tough one to see for, for depth, guys. Donskoy's been having a good league. He's been producing there for the Avs with the injuries that they've sustained. So, but now Ranton and Landis Cog, they're back producing, and Donskoy's on the shelf. So, that sucks. Shane Gossa bears out for three weeks, and Anti Ranta is, has that DTD again beside his name, which is no surprise.
1: Yeah, just figure your life out, Ranta. Granta, if you're listening, <laughs> stop getting hurt. Um, no, the uh, the ghost injury, if you stuck it out with him, uh, like, first of all, good for you. You're probably in last place, though. But uh, <laughs> no, if you stuck it out with him, this is a great injury because you could just stash him away and be like, we're done with each other for now. Maybe you'll come back to life when I see you next. But that's that's not a terrible injury to see. Darcy Kemper should be back
0: fairly soon, around the All-Star break, is the word. So Aiden Hill gets another bump uh, until Kemper returns. I, I like the the Yotes to to pick up a few wins. They've had a couple of tough losses recently. But moving on to a couple defensemen notes, Sammy Gerard has just been an apple tree recently. I think he has like <laughs> <laughs> I think he has like twelve
1: assists in his last. Seven games yeah, or something, he's got 11 in his last six. So, yeah. wow, that's wild, absolutely wild. The guy's up to one goal and 24 assists. So, Sammy Girard ha- is only 27% owned. But, I mean, if you look into his peripherals, it's not really surprising. He only has 61 shots on goal and um, 62 blocks, which isn't bad. Hits 34, not bad. Um, yeah, Gerard is on a tear right now and the Colorado power play, Bender's not afraid to um like use Gerard instead of Makar at times. Like I know the last game, Gerard had way more power play time than Makar. So I think it's just kind of a situational thing or like how these guys are going game to game. I like them both, to be honest, but obviously Gerard, this pace is unreal. He's not gonna keep it up, but man, like what a tear. Yeah, even Zach Wierenski has been on a tear. Only
0: more goals instead of assists. Oh, man. Wierenski ha- had a stretch over over the last week and a bit. Seven goals in five games he had. Sure. And he still has seven in the last seven.
1: Yeah, you love seeing that out of a defenseman. That's just awesome.
0: Yeah, when defensemen could pot goals regularly. Like, that D'Angelo hat trick, I loved watching that. Yeah, same. A goalie we need to talk about on this episode, Mike, is Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers. This guy's numbers in the KHL and even the AHL this year before he got called up are insane. Like, he's he's been the best goalie prospect outside the NHL. And I've just been waiting for them to call him up. I, but they still have Lundqvist, who's there for at least another year. They got Alex Georgiev, who's proving that he is an NHL player, maybe even a starter. What do you make of Shusterkin right now, Mike?
1: Yeah, I think this is their guy long term. Like, if you're in a keeper league, I think Shusterkin needs to be picked up. But a lot of people are saying, like, what do we do? What do I do with him? Like, what's going on with New York? And I think sometimes your answer is in the contracts. Like, uh, for a lot of things, I go on cap friendly just to see, you know, what these guys Yeah,
0: what kind of situation the GM is in? Yeah,
1: well, what these guys contract status is because a lot of times that'll determine what they're going to do. Like so they have Georgiev who is up this year. So next year he's in or sorry, like at the end of this season he's in RFA. And then both Shishterkin and Lundqvist are up in the 2021-22 season where obviously Shishterkin's still at RFA, but Lundqvist is a UFA. So the question is like Is Lungfist done at that time? Where's Georgiev? Like, are they gonna resign this year? Like, it's really a complicated situation there. Right, but they would have to
0: trade Georgiev because they own his rights. So it's gonna be interesting to see how how they navigate this because you can't have like you have Lungfist. He's not going anywhere, and and he's expressed too that he wants. To, to uh, continue to play for the Rangers, he's not looking to go somewhere and try to win a cup at the end of his career. Yeah. So like like, what do you do here? Because you got to sign Georgiev, right? Like you're not. I mean, I guess you could look for a trade, but that's that's very given that Georgiev's looked great to start his career. Like, and you, you can't leave Shosturkin buried in the minors. Like this guy's ready. This guy's ready for the show.
1: Yeah, they are in a bit of a predicament. Like, I think the ideal situation is Shestirk and Georgiev, and you have the the young tandem, and you just see who emerges as like a top goalie. But you have Lundqvist there, and he's thirty seven now, and like I could see him. Like, we were actually talking about this with Joe yesterday, but like Lundqvist can just be a guy that just signs one year deals until like he's done. He's done in New York, and then goes right into the front office. And he's he's done playing. So, yeah, like mm, I think they're gonna have to trade Gio- Georgiev. I really do. You can't have this three goalie <sighs> issue. You can't.
0: You can't. That's tough. That that will be interesting to see to see what they do.
1: Or they tell Lunkfus to pull his squad, and then that <laughs> solves it. Like you know what I mean? That that stuff happens.
0: Yeah. I don't want to talk about him too much because I'm still a little pissed, to be honest. I, I, a few weeks ago, I, I brought him up to you guys. I'm like, man, this guy's numbers are insane. Like, go check him out. And then the next day, you see that Joe has added Shesterkin, and he throws him in his NA spot. I'm like, why why didn't I do that? But I was cheesed. I was cheesed. He wouldn't have done it if I didn't bring him
1: up. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Screw and you, now Joe. Have a... Screw and you. now he might have a keeper goalie to replace Matt Murray, who's a plug. Well, <laughs> no, but that Murray's been better lately.
0: Yeah, he, he does. He has won his three last his last three starts. But did you see the Landis cog? Just just throw one in from the from center and it bounced past yep. Murray. Yeah, it's been been one of those years. Yeah. So Joe does need him more than me. But but speaking of Joe, you mentioned we were talking to him yesterday. We went out for dinner with uh, with some of the guys and the wives. And what usually happens when we're when we're out. At dinner or whatever, we get into a, a heated hockey debate, <laughs> and we did last night. I was talking to to uh, our other buddy how about how I have Gensel out for season, and this particular friend Mario, he is tanking. So he's done a, actually actually a great job of trading away all his assets for picks. His last pick right now is the fifth round, Mike. Fourth round. And we pick thirteen players each. Fourth round. Yeah. There's thirteen rounds in our draft. His last pick is in the fourth round. And he did that without good keepers too. So like he's done a great job making trades this year. And he knew he knew from the start of the season that his keepers were weak. And he had no chance. I think his first pick of the draft was in, like, the sixth round or something. So he had a weak team. So so here's where I'm going with this. I was telling him, I have Gensel for the year. You need keepers, okay? And, like, I'm willing, if you give me a guy who can play for me this season, maybe throw me a pick because Gensel's a stud, like, let's do it. And, of course, Joe comes in. And and (laughs) he's trying to mediate a deal here. And he's like, oh, well... Gensel isn't worth as much now that he's injured. And that led to a whole whole debate. So basically it, the debate is, is a guy who's injured for the season worth the same in a trade like that, in a keeper league? Like what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it takes a hit to his value for sure because at the end of the day you're giving a guy who's done for – you're giving him nothing. But Yeah, but Merritt doesn't need him this year. Right, but you like shouldn't be getting somebody, you shouldn't be getting equal value for him. Like, <sighs> a healthy Gensel gets more than an out-for-season Gensel, even though, even though Mare is, that means nothing to Mare, and he's literally just acquiring a keeper from you. Like, it's still, see, where the deal makes sense is like, I actually made it, I had all of sin, like like I talked about last week, but He's out for six weeks, or whatever. I'm in the playoff race here, and, and I need a guy who can contribute. So, what we just did I mean, there were a few more players involved, but the crux of the deal was like Olifson for Connectney, where it was like he likes All of Sin more, and I need a guy who can produce for me now. So, that was an, kind of an even trade where it's like, okay, give me a guy that's producing, you like All of Sin more, straight up, that's it. But in your right case. But I think.
0: I guess it depends on how managers are gonna argue like their their sides in a deal, and Gensel is would be far and away Mario's best keeper, so his that his value should lie in there, right? Like I understand Gensel's not gonna help him this season, but he doesn't need Gensel to help him this season. He's tanking, like I I understand the value that Gensel has to his team right now. Gensel's a keeper for you.
1: So at the end of the day, you're giving him a keeper, and you're probably going to downgrade your keeper, I'm assuming. So that's where...
0: Yeah, I am. I am. Gensel's one of my keepers. Yeah, so
1: that's where you're looking for more value, which is understandable. Well, we'll have to try and work something out there. But,
0: I mean, Joe sort of shat on the deal that I wanted to work on. So I guess my fault for bringing it up around Joe. Yeah, big time. You should know better. He's probably just dying to respond, but yeah. Too bad, Joe. You're not on You're not on the epi today, you pigeon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, shall we move on to the week ahead? Oh, sorry. Yeah, and a couple questions. Yes, right, so. And a couple questions. Um, I'm going to let you do the ad read this week because I chewed on it last week. So go for it.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. This podcast is brought to you by GT Radio Tires and GT Radio's new Shampiro Touring. It's an all-season touring tire designed for the latest passenger cars and crossover vehicles. It combines precise handling and control with a quiet and comfortable ride. It's backed by a 100,000-kilometer limited warranty. The new Shapiro Touring delivers great mileage for an outstanding
1: value. That was good. Brian's going to enjoy that. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yeah, good stuff there. Okay, um, well, first of all, thank you, GT Radio. Let's get into the questions. So we had a couple here that we want to answer Let's start with, well, we just had a big goalie conversation here. So let's start with Patrick Neron's question, at Patrick underscore Neron. Patrick wants to know about Alex Nedeljkovic's future for keeper leagues. That is a Carolina Hurricanes prospect goalie in the system and looks to be their guy of the future. So Patrick, I guess similar to the Ranger conversation, I'm going right to cat friendly for this because you really get a sense of when Nadalovic is going to be relied on, so to speak. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Reimer and Razik are both playing sick. They're almost making the same amount of money, and like just a fraction over three million dollars, and they're signed through next year as well. And they both of them are UFAs, twenty-one and twenty-two. So. Realistically, I think might see Nadelkovic next year. And then, I mean, conceivably the net could be his in 21-22 on a solid Carolina Hurricanes team. They're trending that way anyway. So, I don't know, Ath, what do you say about Nadelkovic?
0: So, I have Nadelkovic as a starter in the NHL in the future. The goalies are so tough to predict, right? We We know how... Fickle. Yeah, that position can be and they're, they're 20 he's 24 years old but like you said th- those goalies are up not next year but the year after so unless a trade happens like I I, I could I'll say that Nadukovic won't get too many starts in, but I can see him starting games next year like definitely getting really getting his feet wet in the NHL but I think his value more come, will come into play in the 21-22 season w- in which they'll they will give him a chance at being the starter that that's just a prediction but I think if you're going to hold on to him, like in a in an NA spot or in a dynasty league or something, you won't you really get a return on your investment until for a couple of years now.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say one thing about this this team, this situation here. Like Mrazic's only 27 years old. Like that's not old when, it, especially when it comes to goalies. The, the problem is if he continues to like, I, I can see a realistic situation where. You know Mrazic they re-sign Mrazek 21 twenty one twenty two and Nadelkovic is backup, and they kind of see the situation play out. Like I, I, I still like Mrazic. Reimer I think is a, like a, just a backup goalie, and you know he's had a good season, but I don't see him like thirty one years old. I don't really see him being a star for the Canes or anything like that. But no, like you said, Nadelkovic will he'll start seeing some ice time come next year. I think something. Yeah, Sounds like yeah. a tennis player. Nedeljkovic. It's like Nadal and Djokovic. <laughs> Nedeljkovic. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Um, but, uh,
0: yeah, Charlotte, uh, the Charlotte Checkers, Carolina's affiliate in the AHL, he's been their starter, and he's been very good. He's uh, had a very good record last few seasons. So I, I do think that they are planning to give him a shot at, the, at being the starter. Yep, yep, yep. But let's get to the next question. Uh, it's from our buddy Gratz. On Twitter, who says
1: what Hold do on. you guys you gotta think about handle? Lo- you got to give this guy's a little bit of a
0: okay. He is at yc underscore o six insider, and he says, "What do you guys think about loading your fantasy team with players from the same NHL team, like I did with Palat, Johnson, and Kucherov back in 2015? Do you run the risk of losing a week due to a light schedule? How much longer are we going to have to hear the fact that he had that line in 2015?" Oh my gosh, he didn't even
1: bring up the time where he had Kunitz, Crosby, and Dupuis. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. he had that for a while. He saved, one of his keepers was Jason Garrison one year. So let's throw that out there. Um, That's how in love he was with the Lightning back then. Yeah, Gratz has his
0: love affairs with teams. Like, remember, I think he went like nine years straight in the playoff pool, something like that, going with the Caps. Like every year, it was just, you knew what was going on. We, we would go, we would get together for the playoff draft, and there'd be grats again, all caps, and everyone would be like, grats, that's it. You're just throwing money away again. And then the year that he <sighs> says, I'm done with the caps, they win Honestly, the cup.
1: <laughs> he was the problem all those years.
0: That's right. That's crazy. There you go, caps fans. Yeah.
1: But yeah, anyway, grats, good question. You know what? When it comes to, like, stacking players and lines, I don't really have an opinion on it. Like, I don't really think it matters, to be honest. Like, Uh, it it doesn't do anything for me. It's just, like, the same thing as having another player on a different team of the same value. Like, I don't read anything into it. Yeah, you do run the risk of losing a
0: week uh, due to a light schedule. That's for sure. But then it's also nice on the weeks that they play four games and you have those guys... You know, rolling out a lot over the week, and especially if that line produces. But um, but yeah, like Mike said, it's it doesn't really make too much of a difference if the guys are good players; they're going to get their points no matter what, whether they're from the same team or not. But it, there is risk that you run when you do when you cuff uh, players from the same team.
1: I think what matters more in that situation is like their outlook on the season, like how many times they play on off nights, and if you can stack a team, like, let's say Pittsburgh's probably one of those teams because they play a lot of Sundays. So, like, if you can get in some situation, like, for example, Crosby-Malkin, then it probably sets your lineup up nice for the season. So in that situation, I think it's pretty good. But as far as, like, any advantage or disadvantage to having two good players on the same team, I, I don't really see one at all.
0: Yeah, you made a good point with the, the nights that they play on. If te- if it's a team that always plays Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you're probably hurting yourself a bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thanks for the questions, guys. That helps us segue into the week ahead as we look at how often teams play over the next week. Interesting this week, we have a five-gamer from the Islanders, which I always get excited
1: when I see a five-game schedule. Yeah, it's uh, it is very exciting, but... Would be a little more exciting if it was from a team that scored some goals. Like, a lot of people are going to run out and get Islanders to stream this week. Which, I mean, it's not a bad idea. They play five times. It is... It's, it's solid. But when you really look into it, like, the Islanders have only scored 122 goals this season. Which ranks last among Eastern Conference playoff teams by, like, 18 goals. So a pretty wide margin. So, I mean... If you're looking at a streamer here, like I mean, there's your typical cast and crew, like Eberly 13%, Bailey, twelve percent, Beauvilliers, ten percent, but you really don't know A who's gonna step up this week of any of those guys. And like B, I mean, there's a lot of teams that play four times too, and are you really gonna go and rush out for an Islander when you can get another good player that you know you can rely on a little bit more for four games?
0: Yeah, who will only play that one less game? But the Islanders do have a nice little schedule. Like I, I don't mind their schedule at all. Well, I guess I know where you're going with Battle of the Bargains. Well, I mean, we'll see. They they do not score too much, but they do. They have two games against the Rangers. Uh, they play Detroit, and then they play Washington, Carolina, who are two playoff teams. So it, it's not an amazing schedule, but it's not a bad schedule. There are two back to backs i don't know i i think it may you may be better off going with uh four gamers guys who play on teams that play four times okay but uh those teams that play four times are boston columbus carolina chicago montreal philly
1: and pittsburgh and then two gamers we have edmonton and florida yeah and then as we said your heavy nights tuesday thursday saturday which doesn't seem to really switch up sometimes you'd think it would but but no no, that's the huge. That's the use. So, I mean, a lot of you guys out there will look for streaming options on the off nights. So, in looking ahead there, you got Montreal, St. Louis, and Philly, who are three teams that play Monday, Wednesday night. If you're looking for streamers from these teams, uh, I like a few guys on Montreal. Dano at 29%. Kovachuk, you guys know how I feel about him, 22%. And Suzuki, who's still getting ice time, still producing, 12%. There's also Robert Thomas at three percent for St. Louis and Kevin Hayes sixteen percent for Philadelphia. So those are your kind of Monday Wednesday options. But but Montreal they I said
0: last week that that they were going to pick up some wins like it was a make or break week and they
1: broke like I, I think they're done. Yeah, and then like that Kovalchuk game winning goal uh, last night Saturday night it kind of like gave people a little bit of hope but. It might be the false hope that will hurt this team even more. They they're gonna have yeah, to make a decision at the deadline. They really are. I think uh, if you're
0: looking at it right now, like you're you're fourth last in the conference. I just I don't see it. Well, yeah,
1: they're gonna need to make a decision about the deadline. I should say, which actually I, I did want to bring this up to you. So if you look at pl- let players on teams who are probably gonna have to sell and like. I was listening to to 31 thoughts the the podcast yesterday and Elliot Freeman and uh Jeff Merrick they were talking and Freeman literally said like there's a deal in place to send Toffoli to Boston. Now, it's it's just really up to Boston want a like wanting to do the deal and and B is like waiting for. I think he was saying like Kreider might be available. Like they're kind of waiting, but they can pull the trigger on that whenever. Like it could be this week, could be before this episode is released. So, like, if you're a fantasy owner and Toffoli is on your wire, do you run out and go get him? Or not even Toffoli, that's just the one that seems like imminent. But like Kovalchuk, for example, or there's other players where there are UFAs at the end of the year, they might be trade targets for teams as for, for at the deadline. Are these guys more valuable? Are they? Are you running out to go get these guys because they might end up in favorable positions?
0: There's something to be said for that, for sure. Like I usually do it. Like I'll look because you know how the names start coming out leading up to the trade deadline of from teams who are or will be sellers, and you know this guy will be on the trade block. This guy will be on the trade block. If you could know where they were going to end up, it would help. Like if you can think about Toffoli on the Bruins. I think he gets a bump in value there. I don't think it's a huge bump. It doesn't really excite me too much. Like, it would excite me a lot more if, say, he was going to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh needs the help on the wing and he would get to play with some great players. It won't be that as, as much of that in Boston. But um, to your question, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely worth looking at because they will go more often than not into more favorable positions.
1: Yeah, but, like, I don't know, that being said, it, it kind of depends where they land. But, like, yeah, I'm gonna go and and get a guy if I can close to the deadline where it's like, hey, maybe he's gonna get traded. I'll see where he goes. If it's not great, I'll just drop him because it's like Kovalchuk, for example. He could be a guy that they're they're gonna look to trade, and like, is this position gonna be better than it is now? Like, he's kind of owning all the ice time on Montreal. If he ends up in like no, a third line role, exactly second power play, then like he's not as valuable. So. If he goes
0: to a contending team or, or just even a playoff team, he's going to be further down the depth chart than
1: he is in Montreal, and that's that's just how yeah. it is. But definitely something to to look at, and and we'll we'll continue the trade deadline chatter as um as the NHL trade deadline approaches, and then probably a lot of your league deadlines approach. So we'll talk about that in the weeks ahead for sure okay continuing with navigating the week friday sunday a few teams uh will, will play on those two nights
0: which are valuable yeah
1: carolina pittsburgh winnipeg all play those nights there's a couple guys i like here there's Halla, 25 percent um and literally like there's a lot of canes there's there's Netches, there's niederreiter there's the single those guys are are producing at a decent pace here so you know they're all options and um with Pittsburgh, there's Cahun, who I like. I've talked about him before. Playing with Gino right now, five percent owned. He's a guy that could be valuable there. And then there's you know there's the typical cast of Pens McCann, twenty four percent, Bluger, who's on a little bit of a streak here, two uh, percent owned. He played twenty minutes last night, so that was wow, Teddy Blues. And then um, that's Friday Sunday, and then the Saturday Sunday back to backs. Columbus, Islanders, Chicago. So if you're looking for potentially a goalie start, I mean, a lot of those goalies might be owned, but you might see Columbus's backup, uh, K- Kivleskis. Kivle- I don't even know what his name is. But maybe he gets a start there, even though Merzlikens has been really good. Maybe he gets a start there. Okay, and some good
0: schedules over the next week. Boston has an okay schedule, uh, but it's Boston, so you know they're going to win. They are in Philly, in Columbus and then they have a home and home with Pittsburgh. I like the Brusque who is at 27% and he's
1: been a been on a hot streak with five points in the last three games. Yeah, another team that plays four times, Columbus. They are at Boston coming off a back-to-back, so not a bad spot there if you're going to play Boston. Might as well be when they play they play the night before. Um, then Carolina, New Jersey and then at New York Rangers. Columbus is rolling right now. Mer- Merzlikens is playing really well, and everyone's kind of buying in. Torch is doing a great job over there. So, you know, there's the same guys as always. We- we've They've played four times a lot recently during weeks. So Nyquist, 28%. He's a good place to look for points leagues. And then there's Jenner, Ferlino, Banger's leagues. They could chip in with a little bit of points, but they'll get you good peripheral stats. A hey, good
0: point about Columbus. They're- they've been playing well. They're actually tied for the second wild card spot right now with Philly. And, like, could you imagine if they do sneak in as a second wild card and they meet Tampa in the first oh round? Oh, my
1: gosh. Tampa would be so scared.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be super fun to watch. They'd be like, are you kidding me? But you I know what? It
1: might be exactly what Tampa needs to just, like, you know, beat Columbus and just roll, steamroll through the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that could happen. That would be that would be awesome to see Columbus even just get in. Because what, like, night and day from last year, right? How they, they just, they had Duchesne and Panarin and Bobrovsky, and they friggin' went for it. Yeah, it would be. And just imagine they get in on a season where everyone was counting them out. Good for torts.
1: Good guy torts. And then, a couple other schedules here. There's Chicago. It's an okay schedule. Two back-to-back. So, you know what? Like, I mentioned Kubalik before. He might be... A guy to look at but as far as the other blackhawks go i'm not really crazy about their schedule there's montreal who again plays four times they need to win they have calgary at home chicago at home then they're in philly and then they have vegas at home um i mentioned these guys before Deno, kovalchuk suzuki there are options for you and then there's Pitt, and uh i don't really love their schedule But again, they have guys who could line up in favorable spots, who I've mentioned before. So those players could be an option for you as well. Okay, good stuff, Mike. Yes, sir. Shall we move on to Battle of the Bargains? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so crown me as the winner this week. I absolutely smoked Sorelli with Kolachuk. Four points for Kolachuk. Great and it looks like I beat all other entries as well. There were a bunch of guys, a bunch of entries this week. So thanks for uh, playing along, guys. Um, yeah, a few guys had three points. But Kovalchuk, even though we're on a Sunday, there's not too many games today. And it looks like I'm going to take the win there. So that puts me up 8-4 on you, correct? Yeah, and I'm 80 bucks in the hole. Yes, guy. It's okay. It's comeback. It's comeback season. Comeback season And I'm on the clock, right? I choose first this week? Yes, it's you Alright, you know I wanted to go Kovalchuk But he's up to 22% owned now So can't look there It's okay The old back-to-back doesn't work Sorelli Just laid
0: an egg for me Yeah
1: So now the question is Do I go with an Islander? Because you know on uh, On Instagram There's going to be guys Racing to get One of the Isles players But I don't think I'm going to go there this week. I don't think I'm going to go there. I am going to go with Dominic Cahoon at 5% owned. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah, That's good. Two games against Boston, though. Yeah, you know, it's Pitt. They can can score some goals.
0: Okay, I will take Kevin Hayes, 16% owned. The Flyers have a tough first two games they play the stanley cup finalists from last year boston and then they're in st louis and then they play montreal and la at home they're coming off a one nothing loss to tampa and they are right in the thick of that wild card race in the east so they they need wins they need wins i like kevin hayes
1: yeah not a bad place to look they definitely need to pick it up but i'm surprised you had that Another Anthony, you had Anthony Bovillier there waiting for you, on a team who plays five times, and you passed up. The streak is over. You did not go with another Anthony.
0: Yeah, I lost. I could have made it a month straight of Anthony's, but that's okay. I lost. I was one and two with them. I lost faith. Hayes is gonna get it done for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Again, guys, if you want to get involved, you know where to go. Instagram, comment on our posts. It will be up. Um, sometime on Monday morning slash afternoon. And with that, and eh, is there anything else you want to talk about this week, or are we good to sign off? Nope, let's sign off. Uh, thanks for joining us again,
0: guys, and we will see you next week. Good luck in your pools.
1: Yep, take care, guys.